0: You're listening to the Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Find out about our pod brethren and how to join our new Discord group and support the show at greenlitpodcast.com and patreon.com/slash Spirit Hunter Pod, respectively.
1: And welcome to Season 2, Episode 42 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Patrick. Joe. Patrick. Joe. Hannah. Joe.
0: And Sarah.
1: And Patrick. Last week, last week, it was a deadly cat and mouse chase between the Phantom Troop and Karapika and friends through the streets of York New City that ended up with Gon and Killua getting captured by the spiders of man. This week, we finish up York New City and Jesus, <laughs> I mean, Crollo, heads to preach in a new land. You better get r- e-, d- e. Mates. Episode 57 Initiative and Law, or Sente to Okete. O- okete? Whatever. It's good enough. Good enough for me. <sighs> Originally released in Japan on December 2nd, 2012, the equivalent manga chapters are are 112, 113, 114, 115, and 116, probably should have said 112 through 116, which were released in Japan on March 26th, 2001. The equivalent 99 episodes are 66, 67, 68, and 69. Nice. Then, What? Anyways, the equivalent 99 episodes are 66 through 69. Oh, you
2: said nice. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah.
0: What the? Uh, it took me a second, too. <laughs> I-, I
1: thought I said something weird.
2: I was like, What? It was actually 66 through 420. It's really weird. They combined a lot of chapters of manga. They combined, they made a couple chapters of manga into, I don't know, a couple hundred episodes.
1: Yeah, 69 through 420, my favorite niceness. All right. So, uh, which released in February, which released in Japan on February 20th, 2002.
0: All right. So, the start of the episode, even after all the trouble of tracking down the fake Scarlet eyes and sending poor Squala to that big doghouse in the sky, the Phantom Troop still doesn't know what happened to Uvo and what the chain user's powers are. But now they at least have their identity.
1: Who is the masked chain user?
0: Who is it?
2: Is it someone that Gon brought but wasn't sh- sure who they were? I'm, I'm unsure. Pretty much.
1: They they have to fight in a tournament. It's 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 messy. Yeah, it's real weird.
0: And so Crow, he orders the troop to rendezvous at the hotel. The, what is it? They pronounce it in the episode itself, but I forgot. <laughs> For, so enough. we're just going to refer it as the hotel.
2: I think it's tuckle, but like... Bitch Talk. Oh yeah, Bitch Talk. Okay, so it's Bitch in like the Japanese version, but they like say like Bitch Takaru depending on which. I don't know what they say in 2011 in English cuz I watched it but wasn't paying as close attention.
1: I think we should name this episode uh Soda Ho- Hotel Hell uh Phantom Troop edition. We'll see.
0: They bring along Gon and Kiloa as captives. Uh Kilo is thinking about how their original plan of capturing Pakunoda is a bust because they themselves got captured, and he's hoping that everyone is on the same page for whatever Karapaka has for plan B. Uh, Melody is luckily listening in, and with a disguised Karapaka, they both head to the hotel. Uh at the lobby, Killua is still not really optimistic about their odds. And then a Liario, who happens to be coincidentally there in the same lobby, makes a very loud phone call. And he is basically berating his <clears throat> pretend assistant, the poor dude, about how he's doing a shit job. And he glares at Gon and Killua, pretending that he doesn't know him. Um, but in his conversation, there's actually a hidden message. Um, the important things being 7 o'clock sharp, darkness, and close your eyes once. And so the Kiwa decipher his message as this is what's going to be Karapika's plan. And uh, just like a random note. Um, after Liore finishes call, uh, the radio DJ plays "Just a Week" by Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Which... How did they
2: get that name? I, <laughs> uh, I that I'm movie. not really
0: sure. Maybe they watched the movie and were like, "This is a great." Oh, band I meant name. legally.
2: How were they allowed to have that name? <laughs>
0: are they a japanese band or or they are they are
2: a japanese band but i figure that's like an international i wonder if like the japanese copyright for the name i wonder if that movie has a different name in japan or something maybe i still think the funniest name of all time that's like how did you get this
1: is is dale earnhardt jr jr (laughs) is that a band (laughs) that actually is a band it's called dale earnhardt jr jr and i still can't believe they have that name
2: (laughs) okay continue
0: uh yeah so this song is actually the first ending for the 2011 hunter hunter anime
2: so question you guys have seen this practice in other shows right what do you mean like using a former theme song as just a song in the show
0: i don't think so that's why i made a note of it because it was just so surprising like yeah you know like they take like musical cues like either you know like a slow motion they play the song because it's it fits the theme for whatever is happening or they do like a orchestra version of it but this is the first time that actually like in universe they played the song as if it existed in that world
2: so it was a lot more common in the 80s and early 90s like for instance in double zeta gundam they play the zeta gundam theme like when they're just at a like basically a mcdonald's restaurant called mcdaniel's (laughs) <laughs> yeah for real and they're just playing the zeta gundam theme which like is like this melancholic song that sounds like a pop song but like once you get to the ending of zeta gundam which is ultra tragic it's like why would you play to this
1: <laughs> is it me mi- is it mirror do i really really want a parody movie called uh amuro and char go to mcdaniel's
2: i think i think bright eats a mcdaniel's burger on like the bridge of the Argama at some point damn but damn. but anyways another instance is did you guys see Devilman man crybaby yeah uh, uh, a little the, bit of it yeah
0: the, old the new one, one yeah. or the new one
2: the new one yeah so the new one they, yeah it's an interesting show i think it has value but it's kind of weird but the reason i bring it up is they play the original 1970s devil man theme at some point in universe because they're like yeah devil man exists i don't know fuck it
0: oh really yeah
2: yeah oh. like his little brother is like watching the show his little brother is watching 1970s devil man it's really weird oh my i think i saw stuff like that in american shows
0: they do do that a lot in American shows. I can't, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I th- yeah. I think
1: Yeah, I think the Sonic movie actually had something like that with the ringtone. I think it was like an
2: old, oh yeah, it was one of the old Sonic themes, I believe. I can believe that. Yeah, I wonder if it's just like, it's easy once you have the rights in a certain configuration. Because like, for instance, with Double Zeta Gundam, it was effectively just a continuation. So having the rights to the Zeta Gundam theme makes sense. And I wonder if because they needed to remix the original Devilman theme for the modern Devilman theme, they just had the rights to the full original anyways.
1: It would be funny, though, if if instead of the radio, it was the the Just Awake theme, it was actually the G Gundam theme.
2: Either that or if they just did the theme from Hunter Hunter 99, just to make it confusing to anyone who wasn't from Japan.
1: That'd be kind of funny.
2: Anyways, continue. Sorry for the digression.
0: Oh, no worries. Uh, So... Hakunoda, Noda, uh, Nobunaga, and Kortopi show up at the hotel. And Nobunaga is surprised to see Gon and Killua and thinks that, hey, maybe they want to join the troop after all. And he asks them to be friends. Killua is like, fat chance. I don't want to see your ugly mug. And closes his eyes. Um, but this actually has more than one purpose. Uh, Gon realizes that if he does the same, then it makes it less suspicious for them to close their eyes which will help them adjust uh, their sight when the lights go out and next uh, Krolo he asks Pakunoda to check Gon and Kilowatt's memories on the chain user Uh, with one minute left to seven o'clock sharp the boys try to stall by saying uh, they're innocent and that Pakunoda's powers won't work which makes it kind of like do like a, you know, like a villain monologue about it will work. And this is why you kids are dumb. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny that they actually did that and actually used it strategically instead of like, you know, typically in a lot of series, they let the villains kind of just monologue to monologue without mm-hmm. putting any thought or having a reason behind it. So the I thought that was The show so
2: well-constructed.
0: Yes, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, so the stalling does work. Just as about um, po- Pakunoda finds um, out what they're hiding, the lights do go out, and the boys attack, and they break away from Machi's threads and even break some limbs, like a uh, Pakunoda's arm. Oof!
2: They uh, they also Kilua like stabs uh, Machi in the gut as well, like with yes. his hand, but she catches it with her sick abs. Dude, that was,
1: I, I wonder what she, oh, that's going to sound weird. I wonder what her abs look like and how ripped, shredded she is underneath that.
2: You know, it's like, she's like 100% eight-packed.
0: I thought it was I, like Imagine right if it's like her, her arms heart... is like the way
1: it looks and then like, it's like a kilowatt with all
2: like this, the, this, the eight-pack and 12-pack on.
0: <laughs> But I thought it was where her heart
2: was. Um, That's not the impression I got from 2011
0: because
2: hmm. like, I guess in the manga in 99, his hand is way higher.
0: Okay. Maybe I... Miss it in the 2011 because it seemed like it was kind of where her heart was, and like I don't think a person has that much muscle to retract that much, unless he was going for like a boob, and then that would be something different.
2: Oh geez <laughs> yeah. So he just grabbed. <laughs> I'll detail grabs this in the later the- sections, but he goes for her heart in the other ones, like very clearly, and like uh-huh. I don't know. I guess it's her boobs doing it. Jeez, like She's- her pecs, not the like
0: pecs part that steel. like people are looking
2: for.
1: <laughs> that's that's like some some anime parody shit
2: so just played a hundred percent seriously <laughs> but uh
1: but yeah it's uh i thought that was i thought that was really cool it's just the whole the whole thing it's like hell no kill you ain't doing that it's like oh and my hand's stuck but yeah, no, yeah, that was a good, was go a good for scene.
0: Killua. You can't be a one trick pony in order to win this. <laughs> we saw yeah. that already earlier in the series. <laughs>
1: it's like you gotta get up gotta get pretty early in the morning to fool us fan troop members, even though that's probably what you're about to do.
0: Suddenly, a sword gets thrown from the middle of nowhere, and it almost hits uh, Nobunaga in the head. And attached to this sword is a letter for Pakunoda. And it is from Kuropika. And in the letter, it says if he's, if she tells them about what she saw in Gone and Killua's memories, then her boss man is done Um Even if it means sacrificing the boys' lives. Um, because of this, she decides to keep quiet. In the meanwhile, uh, we switch to where Leorio, um, he's driving Melody and Cropica with a captive Crollo who keeps on egging on Karapika by calling him a girl and saying that his whole kidnapping scheme is insignificant because it wasn't mentioned in Neon's Fortune, and that Karolo doesn't have any actual value as a hostage. Uh, Melody confirms that this is true because he she's listening to Karolo's heartbeat, and he's 100% sincere. He's ready to embrace any kind of fate, including death.
2: So is this the point where she also freaks out about Kurapika as well?
0: Yes, because... Okay. I, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, did this remind you guys of uh, Morota the Mind Reader in Chapter Black?
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, bit. like the
2: first time he heard Sensei's, like inner monologue and he's freaking out. Except now that, like, there's, like, a clearly established parallel between how inhuman in certain ways Kurapika and Krollo both are.
1: It's kind of interesting. I, I kind of like how, I wouldn't say the Phantom Trooper or, or, or one-to-one with, the, with the, 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 the Sensui team, but I kind of like the, I kind of like sort of the parallels and the, the dark tone that they both share in their nature.
2: Same, although I do think it's an incredibly uncharitable comparison that I compared Morota and and Melody, because Melody rules, and Morota kind of sucks. He didn't deserve what he got, but he kind of sucks.
1: Could be worse. He could be that kid that, that liked the games. Game Master.
2: Well, Game Master ended up surviving. Morota's dead, dead. I mean, sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Well, uh, Karafika. He asks Krollo if he was a troop leader back when they killed the Kurta clan. Krollo uh, doesn't answer, which just keeps on pissing off Krafika. Um And Ulgorio has to calm him down. And Corlo- it would be funny
1: if if he, if he turned him in it was like it was like for you it was the most important moment of your life,
2: but for me it was just a Tuesday. I hate you. That's from Street Fighter, the movie from the 90s for anyone who doesn't know. (laughs) Raul Julia as Krola Lucifer. I'd be down. I'd also be down.
1: Actually, that actually might work pretty well.
2: Young Raul Julia? Yeah. Not not like elderly Raul Julia who was in that movie.
1: I could see it both ways. He also but did Krullers play Gomez Lee
2: Adams, God. who's kind of a crow like figure. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. He's
0: visually, aesthetically, I could definitely see it.
2: <laughs> Rest in Gomez peace. Adams is his brother, for sure.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that actually is interesting, because I think he, he had a long-lost brother in that. Oh, no, that, sorry, that was familiar. Fester. That was Fester. Sorry, I got those mixed up. Anyways,
2: continue. <laughs>
0: And so Crow he realizes and is surprised that Kurapika actually does have a weakness that he can exploit. And so back at the hotel, the lights turn on and Finks, Phaeton, and Shao arrive to help. Um, they discuss like what the hell to do next. And Finks then gets a call from Kurapika, who has three demands if they want Kuro to live. First, they don't come after them. Second, don't harm Kilowa or Gon, and third, put Pakunoda on the phone.
2: Can we talk about how I I think it's the tactical brilliance of like just like the moment that Fink's is like, "Oh yeah, we hurt them." He's like, "Oh yeah, we have nothing to talk about. Fuck off." Oh yeah, (laughs) so good.
0: It is so good, Um, and. It really does say a lot with Krafika's uh, <laughs> Crof- character. He's very by the point. Like the inti- I'll Actually, I will say all the interaction that he has on things on the phone just kept on cracking me up. Because <laughs> he was just like, I don't really care about you. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> This is my talk. Yeah, I do like that like
2: it's kind of implied that anyone who wasn't being as level-headed and logical and hadn't planned it out as much as Kurapika, like Finks would be a very scary dude. But just like Kurapika's thinking about like the tactics of it, and he's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. See ya.
0: Like you're you're literally so unimportant to me right now. You just say listen and listen to what I have to say and do what I tell you to. Um (laughs) it's perfect. So he so Pakunoda um talks to Kurapika and she does so alone. She he orders her to meet him at the designated place by herself, and tells her that she cannot tell, uh, go with, be followed by any of the troop. Um, instead, they are to go back to their hideout. And if they don't follow his demands, then he'll kill Crollo And so. They, So H- Pakunoda, when she gets the direction, she heads out by herself. Uh, the rest of the phantom troop argue um, if they should follow her or not, uh, with Nobunaga, Machi, Kortopi, and Chizuku not willing to risk Krelo's life, and thinks Phaeton Shalnark saying, Hey, it's dumb, Like we should follow her, uh, because if we don't, there's a guarantee that our fortunes will come true. Interestingly enough, um, there's a moment where Krollo, as he's listening to Croppica give the demands, thinks that Pakunoda shouldn't hesitate to bring everyone.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting seeing the division between. So everyone loves Krolo. Like it is very clear that like everyone really cares about Krolo. I mean, with the exception of Hisoka, who has like an infatuation with him, but that's another question. He he um,
1: he really likes him.
2: No, he he really likes him. I don't think he loves him. Um, I think Hisoka might have a hard time loving anyone but himself. But anyways, notice that there's a strong distinction between the friends who love Krollo as a person first and an idea second and the friends who love Krolo for his ideals before his personhood, like the ones who wouldn't mind him dying if it meant the continuation of his ideals versus the ones who would versus the ones who would seek to preserve his life at the expense of his ideals. And that's kind of the division you're seeing there.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that Nobunaga is the one on the side, not willing to risk Kuro's life, just because throughout this entire arc, he's the one who's always been—I don't know about that, boss. Like the questioning him the most.
1: I think the things that I always found that people that question or that that have concern or question people the most may mostly do it in for the interest of them sometimes. And I think this is what I'm seeing with Nobunaga is that he seems. He's as as hard ass as he seems and, and hot-headed, he really really cares about his friends and the people in the Phantom Troop. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say I think Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, uh kind of picking off what Patrick said. Yeah, because you know like how upset he was with Uvo's death, Bingo. you know. Um everyone was obviously like upset about it and mad, but he like took it to the next level in terms of like his emotions and everything and i mean and obviously it just applies to who he cares about because he uh beheaded our 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 dog lover <laughs> so he obviously it's like um like a true like kind of like i love who, who i care for but um if you're not who i care for then i don't care what you like i don't care about what your thoughts or feelings kind of guy
1: yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I like about the Phantom the Phantom Troop, as well as their whole the whole hypocritical nature where they care a lot about their own people, but they're willing to just slice and murder the hell out of everyone else that doesn't matter to them and have that same that that same uninteresting care in a way. And it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it's
2: hypocrisy them. because I don't think any of them state that as like a universal belief. I think it's more a like limited like they basically like limit their window of empathy
1: uh, that makes sense I, I meant more in that that nature the limiting that that window of it and how while I, I guess it does seem hypocritical that they care so much i guess maybe you know when it comes down to it they know that they can love and have a job and have to get their job done
2: mm-hmm. um i do think as mentioned before, Nobunaga is definitely affected by the death of Uvo, but I think they've also been said even before that to kind of be tsundere because, like, it mentioned that they liked working together the most but would never admit it.
1: Yeah. They're basically, like I look at them as just, like, brothers, essentially. Yeah, exactly.
2: It is interesting seeing also which characters who are not original members who have taken certain sides like Cortopi, even though they are not an original member, is uh, like also on the side of like saving the boss. So that's an interesting dynamic for sure.
1: Yeah, well, it's it goes back to that that sort of what you mentioned or uh, you mentioned with the loving the bo- loving the boss versus loving the ideals of the boss, which I think is a cool, interesting split with, between the Phantom Troop. While they all have a, a, a similar goal. There's something that base that that basic that separates them from each other in some ways and and keeps them divided, which I think what I think that's what uh, Krapika is trying to take advantage of.
2: Mm. I I also wonder how it relates to how each of them would want to be treated if they were taken hostage, because I have a feeling, say like Phaeton, who's on the let Krollo die train, would also be like, no, let me die if I was weak enough to get captured. But meanwhile, I think some of the others might have slightly different reactions where even if they're on the hey let Krollo die they would want to be saved or if they're on the let Krollo live they would want to die
1: it's interesting i i think i think when it comes down to them i think they would each and every one of them depending on where their position are i think they would want to die and have that sacrifice sort of like with uvo where he's like just kill me just, I'd rather you just kill me than, than than tell than talk or surrender. And and a lot of them practiced what they preach in that nature. Yeah, I think you're right. The
2: one exception being Hisoka.
1: Yeah, and and technically he doesn't count because to
2: reasons. their mind he counts right now.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, we already know he's not. Yeah, that's right. Just want to make sure there's spoiling. Yeah.
0: Ultimately, their arguing um, doesn't really amount to nothing because. Uh, Karaapika he calls again to talk to Kiloa, who immediately spills the beans about um their plans to maybe follow Pakanota, and <laughs> Karaapika immediately shuts that down, and so the troop are forced to go back to their hideout. And yeah, big sad, <laughs> big sad. I mean, at least they don't have to argue anymore.
1: <laughs> no, it's like let's 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 just head home, guys.
0: And back at the troop hideout, um, Hisoka, he's listening to Franklin as he's being caught up to everything that's being happened. And he sees an opportunity as this to fight Krollo, but he can't leave the base um, or else Krollo will die. So he calls Illumi for a favor.
2: QN theme. Oof.
1: He's calling his boyfriend up for some help.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so the Hunterpedia. This week's Hunterpedia is about Pakunoda. Uh, she is a specialist who has the power to see memories whenever she touches people or things. She can conjure memories into bullets and shoot them into people's minds. And <laughs> I thought it's like really awkward, but uh, they're just awkward chibis of a uh, naked Gon and Killua peeing and pooping as exa- as examples of the memories for some reason.
2: I didn't watch this one, and now I'm really just incredibly puzzled. I will take your word for it that this happened, but I am so confused. That actually yeah. <laughs> does happen. There's a lot of really confusing Hunterpedia entries. Okay, we should have a over under bet on what percentage of Hunterpedias cover someone who immediately died either in that episode or in the next one.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was maybe it was funny and also like poop humor and just to show like maybe embarrassing memories as an example, but it was it was a little weird.
1: I was when I was thinking about that. I was imagining, uh, I was imagining, you know, you know, the Miranda Cosgrove me, where she's on the computer and she's like, interesting, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of like that. When when Papanota has to see his memories, She's like, interesting.
2: Jesus. Okay, so another thing. Okay, Patrick, because you read the manga, is it weird to you that this description of Pocanota's powers includes something that doesn't appear in 2011 but appears in the manga?
1: Yeah, but I guess it makes sense.
2: Yeah, I wonder if they wrote it beforehand. So it's it mentions her ability to see memories from touching objects. She does that in the in ninety nine in the manga, but not in twenty eleven for some reason.
1: Yeah, I I didn't even know about that until I read the manga. I was like, wait, what?
2: Yeah, we'll elaborate on it in the in the manga section. But like,
1: it probably makes sense because it's like, why it why would need to describe it when it never happens? And she just and you know she might not appear.
2: Yeah, it's just a weird choice to have mentioned it. It's just like, oh, here's the more complete information. See ya.
1: Yeah, weird. But uh, speaking of the manga notes, let's uh let's go into some of the cool differences that are in the manga. Of course, there's the one that Joe brought up with the the memory bomb, where she has the ability to touch objects to remember things. Which never uses, probably would have uh, been cool to bring up, but I guess no. She no. she
2: uses it in uh, the manga. Um, when she picks up the note that's been hit against the column, it uh, imbues. The image of Kurapika holding Krollo in chains. You know, I, I actually—I ri- oh, didn't
1: even think about that. I thought it was just a a thing showing like a oh hey, this is really what happened, audience.
2: Oh yeah, no, this is um, this is her seeing it. So basically, it shows Kurapika really angrily writing a note while holding a dude in chains.
1: Okay, yeah, no, because they showed that they showed something like that uh, in the anime. So I thought that's what I thought. Uh, it was in the manga, where was like, oh, it's just like the, the cutscene thing.
2: Yeah, I wonder if they just didn't make it as clear in the anime that that's what it was, as opposed to in the manga, where it's kind of more clear that she's, like, actually seeing it. Because it shows Nen around the uh, around the letter.
1: Oh, did not know that. Huh. Alright, well, uh, there's a cool shot of the hotel, with Corolla staying to wait. I kind of like the let's wait here, and he has that, that, that drip. You guys know what I'm saying? That anime drip. Uh, well, there's another chance Will Gunkilla wait the lights to go out? There's a radio interview playing in the background where someone calls in a question saying their hobby is li- is lying as Paku is trying to extract memories and Gunkilla bluff they will deceive her.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Play? When I read that, I was like, "Your hobby is lying." What the fuck? I mean, not a bad hobby to have. But I guess. The- Did you guys ever watch Original Card Captor? No.
0: Yeah. Um Do you remember
2: the kid who who's who basically just like bullshits whenever they're at school and tricks half the kids into thinking it's real?
0: Is it is that the kid with the glasses or no?
2: No, it's oh. a kid who um he has kind of smaller eyes than some of the other cast members and he is implied to be in like a proto elementary school relationship with um the the like one of the other girls who is not aware of magic.
0: Oh uh, okay. I don't. I think forget that. his name, but he's
2: adorable, and he's always just like spouting off fucking lies about stuff. But like, it sounds well informed.
0: I mean, that's a good talent to have as a kid, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
2: I guess. <laughs> Got to fake it till you make it.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh, in this version, uh, Kilwa stabs We talked about this earlier. Kila stabs Manchi's chest, not her gut, and she still catches her muscles, meaning she has crazy pecs. And then later she says she has some ribs broken, though. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, it's like taking a bullet with a bulletproof vest. You can prevent the impact, but you're still going to get some damage to your body.
2: Yeah, it disperses over a wider area. Yeah, I Yeah, I think in 2011 and this, she also mentions you should have stabbed me in the neck, but that's why I put my guard up there. Yeah, that that's what I really, that's what I really
1: find funny is that a lot of people believe like with, with like flak jackets and like bulletproof jackets, that it just stops the bolt and, you, and it breezes off of you, but it really destroys your innards, like your your ribs and stuff, because that's actually a common injury for people that, you know, they get shot with their voices, vest is that they have uh they have a rib damage or broken ribs or cracked mm-hmm. ribs.
2: Yeah, the force has to go somewhere, it just disperses over to a wider area, so it's not a puncture.
1: yeah. Which I guess it's better to have some broken ribs than a Than dead. Than dead, yeah. It's a little bit better. I just like that that parallel. I thought it was kinda cool. Mm-hmm. Um Paco absorbs Krapika's memories of kidnapping the boss from the letter that yeah, we talked about this. Remember Koving and fortune realized the kids are the, and the Reapers mentioned in it.
2: Yeah, she she basically says to herself, like, Oh my god, the kids are the bringers of death. Lol.
1: Um there's another image it's, it's another image, uh More of Maluki's bizarre adventures. So I do really appreciate they had this in the manga, where they see him going around town and uh, enjoying himself.
2: I do think it's interesting that in the manga he looks like he's eating like dim sum but drinking sake, but in the ninety nine anime he looks like he's eating Japanese food and drinking sake. So I wonder what's like with that weird sort of incongruity.
1: No idea, but yeah, I I do appreciate. And I really wish they had like segments was, like some elevator music and just him doing mundane stuff, talking about like him killing people.
2: Yeah, I love all the like random bullshit with Milky. <laughs> just this weird window into the life of this guy who hasn't left his house in years, just hanging out
1: yeah, and just vibing. Let him, let him be. It ha- could be a like vacation.
0: a Hunter Hunter Slice of love, Life spin off, just face off, <laughs> Milky. <Mookie. laughs> I
2: I would love that. I I forget you guys. Everyone, has everyone here watched uh, JoJo season three? I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, they sometimes just have these weird parts where there's just like comedy bits where like the main characters don't realize that a villain is like, Gotten into their group,
3: yeah, <laughs> You're right. yeah. Do you remember the
2: dude who could like Oingo and Boingo? the The older one, he would like transform his face to look like Jotaro, and then they just had an entire <laughs> comedy episode where they're doing Looney Tunes bullshit. Yeah. hey do that trick with the cigarettes. Yeah, do the cigarette trick, man. I would <laughs> oh just God. love a fucking milo key version of that.
1: <laughs> I actually, that, that actually reminds me. There was actually this really cool fan picture that was a uh, Jotaro and or sorry, yeah, Jotaro and um and Lisa Lisa. And it's just them sitting around awkwardly. And Lisa Lisa just says, hey, do you want to see this trick with with a cigarette?
2: Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be like really young Jotaro, like as a kid, right? Yeah.
1: I thought that I thought that was really cute. Even if no, it's that's handed. adorable. But uh, yeah, but I wouldn't surprise me. Lisa Lisa teaches him that. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Karapika. There's a Krapika beating up Crolo is way more graphic in the manga. So I didn't capture this as I didn't really notice as much, but he really goes ham on Crolo's face. Yeah. He's just
2: like bloody everywhere.
1: Just keeps punching and beating him up. I, I can definitely see why they, they cut that down a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then there's Illumi drip. I don't know if they had the same the same silhouette in the anime, but I thought it was a really cool silhouette.
2: It's slightly different in all three versions. Fair enough.
1: And then, uh, of course, this, this big one, which is uh, the introduction of Kaluto and sort of alluding. I didn't remember seeing her at all in the anime. And She's
2: not in 2011 in this part.
1: I gotcha, Yeah, so I don't uh yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but Wait, sorry.
2: He. Uh Kaluto is actually a he.
1: Okay, so okay, so he Kalito
2: identifies as Like a, identifies as a man, well, as a just guy, dress, but like dresses a as business. a woman, yes.
1: I wonder if it's some sort of like deception like trick like a uh, like him making himself looking underestimating.
2: Um no, I figure. think they enjoy a gender presentation that's more feminine because their actions are also that way as well. But like they consider themselves, you know, they are themselves male.
1: Fair enough, that that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was saying sorry about that.
0: Oh no, yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. It's I find it especially interesting, and we'll see it later with more another character introduced, like the um, the Zoldic family and their uh, kind of. Almost like gender expression, but like also like uh, there's not like a strict sense of masculinity with the family, which is interesting. That is common with show with um shonen. And like,
2: I think there's a whole spectrum because like if you look at if you look at Silva, he's the most masculine man to ever live,
0: right? And then you have like Kaluta or Kaluto, um, who is like oh, like he's I thought he was a girl at first,
1: yeah. So, understandable but, yeah and then alumi who who who's who's more of a feminine figure and then maluki who's straight up just just the guy yeah. maluki is the worst sort
2: of cis male
0: he's like a toxic masculinity <laughs>
2: except not even good at it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and and
1: it's kind of sad I'm, i won't spoil it but i i don't know if you guys feel the same way but uh but alumi seems kind of turf to me
0: yeah, it could be. Oh, yeah! That I forgot way. about
2: the weird things Illumi says. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: I, I'm not gonna spoil it, but definitely, it's kind of it's kind of weird how Illumi is is like in that area. So, yeah. I, I have you seen that closest- m-
2: that meme that's like, do you support the LGBT community? And then the person says, I am gay, and then it, it says, side note, they're avoiding the question. <laughs>
0: yeah oh no it's it's that it's that (laughs) so you'll you'll find out later on sarah okay
2: i feel bad i feel really bad (laughs) i am gay um
1: (laughs) but yeah i think that's what i love i really like about the zoldick family just that interesting dynamic in nature Uh, sorry their interesting dynamic Mm -hmm. is what i meant sorry
2: no it's i mean i think it's a lot of interesting stuff to think about for sure especially given the otherwise very conservative aspect of their family not like in like the American political sense but in the hey family business we're all like doing this for the family like that type of stuff.
1: It's definitely a, a lot of La Lacosta La Nostra vibes kind of yeah slash ninja
2: clans.
0: Yeah, like if you don't kill at least 5 people by the time you're 10 years old, we're going to be very disappointed in you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And of course, of course the mom's the mom's like proudness of getting stabbed by her own son. So healthy, man. So healthy. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, speaking of getting stabbed in the eyes, did you want to,
2: uh, talk about the 1999 notes, Joe? Hey, man. 1999 is like getting stabbed in the eyes with a syringe full of amazing. In 99, so this week they took two episodes, they took something that like is covered in two episodes in 2011 and it's five and a half episodes in 99. And I think some of the expansion is warranted. Like I think 3.5 to 4 would be perfect, but they went like, cause I think 2011 goes through it too fast, like for how the manga does it. But I think they went way too far and like, it will kind of become clear how that came about as I go through this. So, um, like in the manga version, the radio show is playing during the attack on the troop and is thematically relevant versus 2011 using ending one. So, uh, it still includes some stuff about, like, I like lying. Ha, ha, ha. Um, So, when Nobu greets the kids, they complain he smells of blood, which, I I mean, I guess it's just kind of a trope. It's just more like, oh, man, you smell like a killer. We don't really want to deal with this. Um, And... So when they're doing the attack, to simulate the blindness of the troop, the camera is kept very close and the screen is kept very dark. So you only kind of see the, like, shifting shadows of Gon and Kilo as they're doing some of the stuff until, like, more action happens. So Kilo strikes the chest in this version, as in the manga. Uh, Basically, the same thing happens. And this version also has Pakonota read a memory from the letter, like, in the manga. Except I think it's the most explicit in this version, where it shows the fucking piece of paper glow, like, the sun. Like, to to indicate Nen is flowing through it. So, like in the manga, this has Paku realize that the kids are the reaper spoken of in Kurolo's prophecy. And uh, I think I posted this to our Instagram and our Facebook and stuff. In this version, Kurapika's wig is red and makes him look Kurama as fuck. So, uh, also in this version, they make the beating as severe as in the manga. And Kurolo spits up blood onto the window. And then, like, it shows a reflection of Kurapika's eye with Krolo's blood coming out from his eye as this cool, like, t- crying blood thing.
0: Jesus Christ. That's intense. Yeah.
2: Welcome to the 90s. <laughs> so, uh, in this version, Phaeton has a listening device, and Paku gets out of range of it while taking the call. I don't know why they added that. It's just so, like, it's such a whatever. So, you know, in the episode when they had Kurapika ask, like, Uh, Pakanoto, like, have you met Squala? Basically just to indicate, like, oh, do you know about my powers and stuff like that? No. Question mark? You remember that? We don't remember. Okay, so in 2011 they do this as well and in the manga, but they say it. But in this version when they said, have you met Squala? Just to re-traumatize you, they have Squala's decapitated head fly across screen.
0: Wow, what the... Wait, wasn't the 99... 1999 version like technically more censored than the 2011 are they showing all this like
2: really it wasn't it wasn't like for instance they had imagery. Kilo a, yeah they mm-hmm. had Kilo a blow up the heart in the 99 version which he didn't in 2011 and then remember at this point it's off TV and it's in OVAs only so they could just show uh, the decapitated head flying across the screen fuck it
0: that makes sense yeah might as well OVAs
2: <laughs> might off as the well walls. <laughs> Yeah, when I when I was watching, I was kind of just like, oh yeah, this is the same, same, same. And then Squala's head flew across screen, and it was just with the caption, "Have you seen Squala?" And I was like, what the
0: fuck? I mean, we definitely saw him now.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So while Kurapika is on the phone with Nobunaga, it shows an ambulance taking a body away, and Squala's dogs are on the curb, just watching from the sidewalk.
1: Do you think they'd eat his body if he was just left there?
2: Uh no, they're in the city. There's a lot of other stuff they could go for. Like if, if they were like locked in a house app. eventually, yes, but yeah. Yeah. So it has the back of the ambulance reflect in the derpiest dog's eye as it loads as it loads uh Squala's body up to drive away. It's kinda sad. Like it's just this like little derpy dog, and just like you That's see just Squallow in like a sh- under a sheet just being put in there. Oh. Yeah. Uh in this version, Krollo spells out the gang's weakness like You know how in both the manga and 2011, he, like, says, that's his weakness. Think about it, you know, like, in his mind or whatever. But, like, he doesn't spell out what it is. Here, he just, like, straight up says, it's his friends, dog. It's his friends. Um, It is interesting, though, that it kind of applies to his friends as well, as we've discussed. But um, Illumi here is shown in silhouette and without, like, frontality. So, like, it shows silhouette, like, in the manga, except the shadows are all pink instead of uh, black. And then the final shot is of Illumi, like, sticking his tongue out, like, you know, coquettishly and just like, you know, like, just like, oh, I've known you for longer than I've known Krollo. I guess I'll do it. Sticks his tongue out cutely. Jeez. Do you support the LGBT community? I am gay. (laughs) (laughs) Avoids the question. Yes. Anyways. Uh... With that, we'll continue on to the next episode after a word from our compatriots and benefactors. on the Super Nintendo Dad's entertainment podcast catch us grumbling about the news every Monday on the Morning Dadcast chatting with industry professionals and most importantly teaching our kids just how incredible or horrible 80s and 90s video game and pop culture truly was alright what else you got
3: a Sega Slingshot
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't have
2: a cow man
3: <laughs> the blast processing was really fast why can knuckles fly even
2: tie prawn dough <laughs> what does that even mean samurai pizza cats but I- we almost
1: named you Guido A Anchovy. <laughs> Doing a Belvedere it requires a set of
2: low hangers.. I'm gonna die right here on greenlit there are a lot of podcasts with comic book reviews and interviews with some of the greatest creators in the industry but only one will tell you scientifically what the worst comic book of all time is and the best we've been ranking comic book stories for six years we have a list with over a thousand comics on it and we're adding more every month more rocket ajax on the greenlit podcast network
0: all right uh welcome back guys We are going to now cover episode 58, Signal to Retreat, or in Japanese, Hikigawa no Hikigane. It was originally released in Japan on December 9th, 2012. The equivalent manga chapters are 117 uh, through 120, uh, which the first of these was released on May 7th, Two thousand one, hmm? wait, oh that makes sense. Sorry, <laughs> the manga came before the anime. Mm. It's a it, it's a Sunday, guys. <laughs> my brain is on.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Lord's Day. I turn my brain off for the Lord.
0: <laughs> it's observing the Sabbath at the moment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all the <laughs> Except for me, I'm one day off, homies. Anyways,
1: isn't uh, isn't isn't Lash Wednesday coming up too? I think it was.
2: Was that last week? Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't remember. Bad I don't Catholic, so. <laughs> Wait, I
1: forget are all
2: of you originally Catholic? Uh technically I was Episcopal. Oh, okay. Okay. Well I think don't Episcopals still anyways, fuck it. Continue. <laughs> yeah, we do. But
1: anyways, uh, I'm, I'm I'm a bad Episcopal too. <laughs> whatever. Let's let's add, add it up to both of those.
0: The equivalent 1999 episode is we're 69. Uh, seventy nice. and seventy one. Nice. God damn it. <laughs> and they were released in Japan starting on April seventeenth, two thousand two.
2: That's three days early.
0: All right. So <laughs> 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 what? yeah, three days early. Anyway. Three days early. <laughs> so they're at the des- at the designated place. Karapika gives Kurelo and Pakunoda to each two conditions. Krolo mentally urges Pakunoda to realize that Kurapika cares more about saving his friends than getting revenge. It's his weakness. Um, Kurapika's conditions, you can't use men. And he can't, second, is that he can't contact any of the Phantom Troop members. Um, before setting the second condition, Kurapika remembers Kurapika's belief of him being a useless hostage. Removing the head does not mean the spider will die, um, and tries to think of alternatives to, but realizes that getting back Gonen Kilowa is a higher priority for him. And then um, once Pakunoda agrees to her conditions, he stabs Krolo um, with the Judgment Chain, um, also called the Arbiter Little Finger and then um, yeah and then oh
1: jeez getting some Game of Thrones in here
0: yeah <laughs> um, and then with Pakanoda's conditions there's she has two as well one release Golden Kiloa unharmed and with no tricks before midnight and two she can't reveal anything about Karapika um, then Karapika stabs her as well with a judgment chain when she agrees at least, you know, it's consensual, I guess, <laughs> as much as it can be. Um, it's
2: really so, just grabbing mm, her by the heart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so as Karapika talks, Melody can sense that, can tell that he senses something's not quite right about Pakunara coming alone. Especially considering how merciless, uh, ruthless the troops been. Um, their leader may follow the rules, but who's to say the rest will do the same? Realizing that Pakunoda has very similar motivations to Krapika, um like um, like Pakunoda really wants to save her friend. That could you know lead to lead to much havoc and not things going to, according to plan. Um, yeah. So Pakanoda accepts all the conditions without question, um, which makes Karapika ask her, like, girl, how are you okay with all this? Um, that's what <laughs> is in the notes. He doesn't call her girl. <laughs> um, she, she responds um, by saying that she there isn't any doubts that Karapika will turn Crollo if she keeps her her end of the deal. Um, then we go back to the hideout. Fink's insists that Pakunoda tells them about the chain user's location. Um, Pakunoda refuses. Um, she says that she's going to take the boys back alone. Um, there's a standoff between Pakunoda Mach- Machi and Fink's and Phaeton, um, who the form who think the former are being manipulated by the chain user. Gon speaks up, saying that Finks and Phaeton are stupid because it's pretty obvious that the rest just want to save Kurolo and Kurapika isn't a murderer like the rest of them who breaks promises and kills people out of anger. Way to call them all out. (laughs) Um, There's like a... One thing to note is that Gon and Kiloa both easily break out of their chains. So... Way to flex, kiddos. Good job. (laughs) I
2: do think it's interesting that we talked about the division between the people who believe in like, who prefer Krolo's life over his ideals and the ideals over his life. And I do think it's interesting that in this case, it sort of breaks down by gender. And I'm not sure if that's intentional. And like, I don't think it's a criticism. I think it's an interesting thing about like, maybe unintentionally it could be a way about like men are socialized versus women are socialized.
0: Yeah cuz like with how women are socialized especially with want prioritizing the care of being of a person's being versus men's prioritizes often ideals and revolutions if we're going to go very extreme so caring about beings versus caring about revolutions and ideas so
2: and I I think they all care about each other too, but I just think that yeah, their lens of looking at it is maybe what differs.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um Yeah, so um Franklin. Who's Franklin?
2: The Frankenstein monster?
0: Oh, okay. The turtle. That's... Yeah, he's also oh. a turtle. <laughs> 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 he's he's come
2: into your house to shoot you.
0: Is that? Wait, is I don't, is that, right? Sorry. So, yeah, his name's Franklin. Franklin, oh. he he kinda looks like a
1: Frankenstein monster.
0: Frankenstein monster. That's how, like I wonder if that's what the inspiration for his name oh. and character design. I'm
2: ninety nine percent sure uh, that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess like how you're vaguely
1: threatening Joe with the I'm coming he's coming to your house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Franklin thinks that they should let Paconoda um, take the boys alone. Worst case scenario, everyone dies and the spider perishes. Um, if they fall apart from arguing, then that's going to be definitely the worst betrayal against Krollo. If Krollo doesn't come back, then they'll kill all the members that are being controlled and they'll just rebuild the spider. Mashi agrees to this, insisting that she isn't being controlled. Um, she's not a sheeple. She and she won't easily be killed. So um back at the
2: oh re- real quick i think it's interesting that franklin of the original troop members is the one who talks the least but when he speaks up it's like a very well reasoned argument
1: yeah he's like silent bob almost
2: yeah th- there's two members who speak less than him but they're not original members so they're i don't think their judgment would be suspect but they just like wouldn't have the same dynamic and that's Kortopi and banalanov and who the fuck knows what banalanov is thinking at any given time he's thinking he needs to get those bandages fixed up he's thinking about the orchestral piece of the planets. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So um, we go back to the designated location, aka the airship, and we see Kurapika, Leorio, and Melody watching Pakunoda arrive with Gon and Kiloa. They notice someone's following them. And guess what? It's our favorite killer clown, Hisoka. What's the... He, he didn't... What's like, whoop whoop?
2: <laughs> I was going to say, whoop whoop.
0: Yeah. a <laughs> anyway. clown
2: from outer space?
0: Yeah. Anyway,
2: um, said Oh my god, I just realized something. Yeah. When we get to the what? unofficial prequel thing about Hisoka, he does wonder how magnets work.
0: Wow. Oh, Oh, jeez.
2: But Dang. I think it's by complete accident. Are <laughs> we can... sure? <laughs> I'll have to look at the publication date versus when ICP put out that song. We'll have to uh, we'll have to drink
1: some Faygo and yeah, you know, and, read and it.
2: think about it while thinking about while drinking Faygo. Yes, listen to
1: great, <laughs> g- great, great uh, Malenko drinking some Faygo mm-hmm. <laughs> and wear some face makeup.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Boop, boop, Hisoka calls Krapika, <laughs> telling him not to so worry. <laughs> he left um, a double, aka Illumi in disguise, behind. He tells Krapika to let him on the airship, or else he's gonna kill Gon and um It's like, don't worry, his actual target is gonna be Curlo. Um The airship lands, and once Krapika confirms that the boy's aren't being controlled they begin the exchange um finally our four fave are reunited and they fly off leaving hisoka kurolo and pakunoda behind um yeah then very sad sad but also sweet because at least our fave four reunite sad because what about what's about to happen Basically, Isoka challenges Crolo to a fight and removes his fake spider tattoo. But Crolo says he's not worth fighting anymore since Kurapika's Judgment Chain stops stopped him from using stops him from using Nen. Um, yeah,
1: I absolutely love the scene. This is it was so funny seeing it play out. It Missed was his face in the reaction.
0: Yeah, is like I, the ultimate boner killer. <laughs>
1: <know>? <laughs>
0: yeah, I it's also so love like the when. <laughs> The dramatics that he Soka put in into his like big reveal, being like, "I I tricked you. I'm not a spider," and he like literally rips off his shirt, rips off the tattoo. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: it's it's like it's like I'm not really an ICP fan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whoop, I whoop, actually what? like corn. a <laughs> fucking <No. laughs> <laughs> 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 Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah. <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway,
0: uh, oh shit. okay, um, shocked. Say Thomas style. Hisoka straight up bounces with. Pakunoda on the airship, leaving Corolla behind. Hisoka tells Pakunoda not to worry since he's not interested in killing broken toys and he texts Illumi to slip out whenever he wants. Um, Yikes. Yeah. um, Hisoka reveals his true fortune that he'd had a, a date with the boss on Tuesday and that by the time he leaves, the troop Number will be cut in half. Um, back at the hideout, Pakunoda returns without Krello. She shoots her maximum six memory bomb bullets towards feitan thinks Machi, Nobunaga, Shalnark, and Franklin with her memories and feelings in them. Right after that, karapika's judgment chain kills her instantly um, while she hopes that she'll be the last phantom troop to die. Mm. Um, next day, we see Karapika in bed with a fever. Gon hopes he doesn't fight with the spiders anymore. Kiloa thinks that Karapika created these abilities for revenge, but Gon thinks his motives have changed once he realized the power of friendship. Um, yeah, and then afterwards... Gon and Kiloa, they go to the auction to get Great Island. They're surprised to see Finks and Phaeton There is actually kind of funny what how, like, they reacted and everything.
2: Some Looney Tunes shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they freak out try to run away. Finks and Phaeton stop them, saying that they're just here to enjoy the auction. You know, what happened in the past happened in the past, you know.
1: <laughs> think, yeah, you you, you just uh, killed, killed, one, killed two of our members and, uh... And incapacitated leader, it's all cool, man. Let's get a beer. Let's uh chill out. Listen to some uh, some Nickelback. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can show us some slime videos and TikTok videos. I don't well,
2: know. They didn't do yeah. it, and Paku, and although she was put in the situation by one of their crew, she mm-hmm. did it to herself in a literal sense.
0: She yeah, that's true. She did. Um, and
2: she did it knowingly because she loved them. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean.
1: He, he's, he's there's still gotta be some bitterness there.
0: Oh yeah, I would For think sure. so. Um yeah, they tell um and Kiwa that they can't kill the chain user because Krollo's Nen is gone and he'd be more vulnerable to Karapika's vengeful residual nen. So Gonen, um so Gon asks about Pakunoda and Finx tells them that she's dead. There's a flashback to Pakunoda asking Gorenkiloa why they didn't just run away while she was injured. Gorenkiloa told her that they care about Kurapika and won't let him become a murderer, even if that means honoring the exchange. Finx tells them that Pakunoda was grateful to them. Um, yeah, and so there's like a... Oh,
2: one thing I want to say is um, mm-hmm. there's a part where... Finks almost spills the beans about another thing regarding post-mortem Nen in that there are exorcists, but he says that part in his head.
0: Mm. Okay. That's good to know. Um, yeah. And I think this one's a question. Um, is Krillos inability to talk to others who want to help him in an inversion of the apostles denying Jesus? What do you guys think?
2: That was my question. And so obviously, I think yes, but like, I'd be curious about your guys' thoughts.
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, To kind of like elaborate on that, kind of like how Jesus was pretty upright, being like, I'm the Son of God, even to all his apostles. And when he got captured, they were all like, in order to save themselves, they denied the truth that he, they told him. Versus Crollo by purposely withdrawing a lot of information and keeping a lot of things cryptic, it kind of, I guess, pushed at least a good chunk of the Phantom Troop members to really rally behind his safety. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, okay. Um, you know, after having spoken about the divine, how will we talk about something um, really fucking satanic looking, Patrick? You want to talk about the manga and the uh, f- yeah, and the cover?
1: Yeah, sure. It looks like uh, the one of the covers for Hunter Hunter. It's looking like a you ever like draw in elementary school those exaggerated photos? Kind of looks like that. <laughs> with the it has it has is a killer holding a gun. Uh, shooting in the air, a with gun like riding a, binky a horse in his a mouth for some
2: reason. <laughs> what is it? It's like It looks like a pacifier or something. I don't know what the fuck is going on.
1: Maybe he went to a rave or something.
2: Yeah, it looks like he came from a rave and is shooting a gun into the air while his friend rides a horse with a sword drawn. You never did that after you went to a rave? <laughs> I've only been to like two raves and I don't think I did it either time. This I don't looks... know,
1: man. You, you probably weren't good going to the good ones.
2: Actually, yeah, Sarah Hannah, was this your experience?
0: Um, I don't... Remember that much? I think a little bit. Uh, Wait, Sarah, (laughs) for for what is?
2: Did you ever? I don't know. Ride a horse out of a rave with a sword?
0: (laughs) No, no, man. I wish that'd be fun. (laughs) Uh,
2: I How you said you can't remember much of it. Uh, That
1: kind of worries me in a way.
0: Well, well, my she's just saying she did it.
1: Yeah. Oh, (laughs) sure. It was also it was also the
0: the first and only raid that I think Hannah you went to was what almost. Seven or eight years ago. Yeah, and uh, my experience was just not as fun as it could have been. Regardless. Uh,
3: okay. It's okay.
0: okay. Uh, to me, this drawing reminds me of something Kilo would do. Maybe, like, if he was in detention and he was, like, really pissed off.
1: <laughs> You're absolutely
2: <laughs> right. Holy shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you think, though, Kilo, uh, Kilo also does a lot of drawing
2: as yeah. seen later on in the series. So it makes sense. That's true. This is just him doing edgy fucking Trapper Keeper drawings.
0: Yeah, well, like in detention for like killing someone in class.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he goes to that school where you only get detention for that? Yeah, sick. It, it, yeah. It's like,
1: "Killo, this is the third time this week you've killed somebody in class." What? He was making fun of
2: Gon. Killo <sighs> yeah. goes to Cromarty High School for a brief period. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I would watch that fucking crossover episode. C- Killo
1: on Degrassi.
2: <laughs> Dude, I would watch all the Zoldicks at at Cromarty High School. You just see fucking uh, miluki like disassembling mekazawa jesus
1: but yeah no i'd be down for Zoldic's just tv show like the adams family sounds good i think we made that joke before but yes uh, we have we, we did the <laughs> all,
2: we did the the snapping and the da da da
1: oh yeah that's right um yeah it might just be me but the the time between kidnapping of crollo and the meeting on the blimp felt a lot faster than in the anime at least to me I don't know if maybe it felt it also felt if it felt fast in the anime anyway for anybody else because it seemed like the kidnapping happened and like a couple of minutes later it's just like the trade off scene.
2: I think there's less images between them, but I think there's more text because this version just has like an entire page of Pakunoda thinking to herself with different text bubbles.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and I guess that that, that goes into the trade off oh yeah that that also also brings me another good point is the trade-off room is more fleshed out and detailed than the anime mm. so it seems like it's just some dark random room while it's actually on the blimp and the trade-off is really interesting
2: he wanted to save some fucking time
1: yeah fair enough i don't know i think i think you should have made all the details and you still would have been on been the chimera anarch
2: oh i'm not saying it's the right choice i'm just saying it's probably yeah. what happened
1: oh yeah no that's definitely what happened i just thought it was kind of funny and then there's this really really sad part I kind of was bummed about was a uh, it's like uh, when Karapikas is thinking to himself like, I refuse to lose lose comrades once more and it shows uh it shows the, the Kurta uh, person waving his hand
2: the Kurta Wait um for those of you who have finished the series do you have you seen this person before <clears throat> like do you know who this is or is this something that they don't elaborate on until one of the movies
1: I don't think they elaborate on until the
2: movies. Okay, in the manga, it's a bonus manga chapter, and I guess in the anime, it's as a it's part of a movie that's half canon, half not canon.
1: Yeah, Um, it says there's a name here, but I don't think I'm going to say it just for spoiler reasons.
2: I mean, I don't think it's that big a spoiler. I guess whatever you want to do.
1: I guess yeah, the name of the person is Pyro. Yeah, P A I R O, not P Y R O. Yeah, but. uh... Uh, the next change is uh, the judgment chain the judgment chain non horny internal shots. Or as Joe probably put, internal chain shots. Which uh, yeah, basically it's just the, the chain wrapping around the heart where everything else is not detailed.
2: It looks like JoJo season two. Yeah, kinda. The wedding the, the wedding, wedding ring of yeah. wham.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I think I think it was kind of interesting that just nothing else is detailed but the heart, so I, I love the art on that. So I love how they did that and uh if you think about it i was thinking i forgot to mention earlier but i just feel bad because i mean pa- uh Pacano was shot through was uh, shot through the heart with a chain and it's really too late do you really think she gives love a bad name though i hate you anyways <laughs> anyways the, the next shot is the art looks uh, less detailed than in the other one and i was wondering what happened if it was the if it's just an artsy shot but joe pointed out that uh it parallels a similar shot of Krillo when asked how he while he was okay with killing people. So I thought that was kind of a, a good a good uh callback now that he pointed it out. I think the art looks kinda cool. It's like a kinda looks like a less detailed just like line drawings. Like a rough sketch. Mm-hmm. Which probably should put these up here. And then uh the next the next one I kinda like is the is the Gil, the Gillowa drip, which is gone gun killwa and, and their tuxedos and uh who's the man in the middle supposed to be? Zeppile. Oh Aww. Cool. I, I guess also that's their another change.
2: Unofficial ship name is Kilugan. Kilugan. I I prefer Giloa, but I think Giloa fits better. Yeah. In terms of just sounds better, but I think it's Kilugan because it expresses more of their names.
0: Yeah, you you can't have a ship name where where one person encompasses more of it than the other That's not as balanced.
1: So. Oh, is is that the, is that the ship rule?
0: No, I'm just saying.
1: Okay. <laughs> is that the code of the sea? Go to the sea.
0: <laughs> I mean, people break it all the time. So, well, I, would s- I, I think it's whatever is catchiest because I've seen like a lot of popular ships. Literally, it's maybe the first letter of one character and the rest of the name is the other, <laughs> like the name the other character. Yeah, I think it's whatever rolls off the tongue better. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. I don't know. I, I think you'll, uh, whatever. Um, I, I don't ship it often, so I might be. I might not get the the understanding for the shipping stuff. Cute little dick. Cute. Yep.
0: Oh, that's cute.
1: I actually, really like that. It sounds one. like a
2: fucking Hobbit character. Yeah. yeah, I was about to
1: say it's 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 like is that is that Bilbo Baggins' cousin or something?
2: Yeah, it definitely is. He's he's having his 111st birthday tomorrow. Man,
1: I I need to not watch the extended cut again. That was. Anyways, continue. But um, what was I was gonna say I was gonna say some. Oh, I was gonna say for the the Gilwa for some reason it reminds me. I was going to say it reminds me of Gilligan's Island. And then I was thinking, oh, Greed Island. We should totally make a Gilligan's Island joke for that. Oh,
2: God. It's going to be a three-hour tour that lasts us, I don't know, like 14 episodes.
1: 14 seasons. And then nothing happens on it. Hate that show. Anyways, the name Batera is dropped as a powerful player in the auctions for for Greed Island. So we'll uh, we'll see if that comes up again and uh, how relevant it will be to the next arc.
2: Yep. So All right.
1: Did you want to go through the nineteen ninety note, nineteen ninety notes, nineteen ninety nine notes, Joe?
2: I will do all the things you've just said. Good. Um, This version here preserves the Kalutail part from the manga, and in the background shot, Hisoka is doing card tricks and drops his ace, probably to show that it's actually Illumi because he's doing card tricks and just fucking up. Jeez. Yeah. Have you guys played Hitman? Uh, yeah. You know how when he attempts to do something to prove that he's whoever he's impersonating, he does it perfect. He does it perfect 100 percent of the time. Yeah. Like he replaces a uh, drummer in like a major music act and then just like does it fucking perfectly on stage. So he's just like apparently like a professional level level drummer. Illumi is not that. Uh,
1: to be fair, I, I pretty much just capped everybody and hid them in the back room when I played Hitman. But
2: Oh, yeah. One of my friends, like, tries to do every possible path because he's obsessed with those games. And, like, it's not my type of game. I get too nervous playing it, but I see why people like the craftsmanship.
3: Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but
2: anyways, in Episode 70, it has... So, 199 has titles structured similarly to 2011, but they're, they're not puns, and they're very bad. So, check out Episode 70's emblematically bad title... Uh feelings X Hopelessness X the Spider's Downfall. I don't get it. There's nothing there. It's just bad. Ah, uh, okay. Uh so here Hisoka appears on the tarmac on a giant number 66, which I think is supposed to be shorthand for like 666. Six, six. Also, was it his birthday or Kurapika's birthday, who was April 4th versus June 6th? Because one of them had June 6th, so it could be Hisoka, which would then continue the whole thing of him being 666. Six, six.
1: Well, he definitely is the number of the beast.
2: Yes. So in this shot, in this one, when they wanted to show Hisoko's face coming out of the, uh, Ilumi's face coming out of the transformation, they made it look like his skin was boiling rather than like distorting. I don't think this is good. It's just weird.
1: Gotcha. Well, he needs to, he needs to go back to his form of guitar rocker. Yeah. And
0: it kind of looks like, you know, when in that gag when someone gets stung by a bunch of bumblebees.
1: Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I was thinking. Of, I, I was thinking also the the and and Akira when the
2: the guy turns into that monster and starts bubbling up. Ooh, I can oh, see that yeah. too. You guys ever play the Wario Land games? Uh, not a lot of them now.
0: I don't think so. so.
2: Okay, they're f- I-, I really love them. I have a huge soft spot in my heart for them. But two and three, your main character is immortal, but he's not invulnerable. So to get power-ups, you have to get fucked up by enemies and then use that to your advantage. So he can get stung by a bee so many times that his face inflates and he turns into like this balloon. So his face is just gigantic and he's flying through the level. It reminds me of that. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <God.
0: laughs> so I mean- it's a great game.
2: You can also set yourself on fire on purpose and just run around on fire. These are the Game Boy ones? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Geez, <laughs> I need to pick those
2: up They're really fun I'd say two is much better than three But anyways Um, So Pakunoda is passed by Krollo And is deeply sad Because she knows she can't say anything to him uh, To the person she risked her life for And knows he feels betrayed by her Like, frankly, I mean I don't think Krollo ever says it But, like, it's clearly not what he wanted her to do And so while he recognizes it comes from a place of love I think she's very sad that she knows That she won't ever be able to explain to him the depth of, like, her feelings about it, even if she thinks he might understand, you know? So here, the Hisoka Blue Balls scene is done significantly different. Um, So in this version, it kind of became a meme... So, when he's talking to Krull, he's like, the man who possesses this ability is my target. And he's just humping the air as he says each of those. He's like, is my target. And it's just this weird meme, like, across, like, the Latin American anime community and, like, the French anime community. Because, like, the French one is just going crazy. Like, voice actors just being real weird.
1: Yikes. Why do they do that? And, (laughs) I
2: mean, is very sexual. Um, I think they made him an extra
1: level of horny in this version. (laughs)
2: Instead of the face going comic style, like in 2011, in this version, he just releases his deck into the air 52-card pickup style when he finds out what happened. He's like, oh, sh- shit. And then he just like 52-card <laughs> pickups his cards into the air.
0: You're blowing, um, you're blowing the saddest load, <laughs> but not even. <laughs> the saddest
2: load, yes. No. Oh, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> God um, damn it. But I agree. In the next scene, Hisoka's makeup is smeared due to him crying about Krolo. So basically, he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm getting on the ship. Hey, Pacanota, we decided not to fight. And it's clear that his, like, eyeliner's (laughs) running. Actually, in
1: the next episode, the saddest reload. We could maybe do both. We'll see. Metallica joke,
2: yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't understand. Okay, so Pacanota walks through a memory of young Crollo while walking back to the troop and stumbles upon a accidental cat cafe. And by that, I mean, like, a, a bunch of street cats. I put jellical Cats, a.k.a. grouping, where she reunites a small white stray with its pack. Um, the clip of Ka- Pakunoto with a cat in 2011 is from here and not the manga. So basically, she reunites the cat with its family, and it's kind of supposed to be symbolic of her going back to the troop, but also of Krollo's eventual reun- reunion with the troop. I do think it's interesting that 2011 references this when it did not happen in the manga. And this is like the fourth time we've noticed something like this, where 2011 references 1999 instead of the manga. Okay, I have a note here that, like, I'll just have to explain. You'll have to take my word for it. Paku's death in 99 is amazing. Like, it is hyper-detailed, incredibly expensive animation. And, like, she shoots the shots, and, like, everyone starts having the memories. And the way they don't have her instantly die, you basically start hearing a chain rumbling off in the distance and then it's a very dark room. So some links of the chain start appearing because they come out of a shadow and you only see the reflection rather than like you only see the specular light come off of them until like they get further out and you actually begin your eyes begin to adjust and you see the chains as what they are. And like Pokinoda is given a couple seconds to think about like her life as like the chain is getting more and more taut, ready to like rip her heart out.
1: Yeah. I kind of like ca- now I'm thinking about it. I think the, the saddest load is the not perfect title because if you think about it, it's reflecting Hisoka and reflecting pokonoto with the saddest load, as in loading her bullets and shooting them.
2: Uh, yeah, I think I think it works on a, a, a lot of levels. There's the entendre. gross, there's the gross fucking, there's the gross one, and then there's also the the not gross, sentimental one. For
1: real, it's a nice title for sure.
2: Wait, Sarah, was it you who said that, or was it Patrick who said it?
0: For which one?
2: The saddest load.
0: Oh, that was me. <laughs> that was good. excellent
2: title, and we're talking about it in the episode, anyways. <laughs> um. 71 so in this version it continues into episode 71 which according to 99 is the beginning of greed island although it's considered york new in 2011 and uh yeah so it has a new intro which is really whatever and the new season switches from cell animation to what looks like very bad early digital anime and the color palette gets completely fucked and looks like 2011 but bad so it goes yeah. from like looking like a very polished nineteen, like late nineties anime, to a very bad early digital anime.
1: Yeah, digital animation really had had a rough spot when I first started out.
2: Yeah, like, it's like all movements to digital they initially suck. Like the way that early three D games looked way worse than late two D games.
1: Yeah, so, some of them there's some exceptions to it, but there's still a lot of bad examples like uh, Kirby, uh, Kirby's anime, or Shaman King. Where I mean, it's okay, but there, there has a lot of flaws in it.
2: Yeah, it looks very flat because people didn't really understand the techniques yet.
1: Fair enough, but I'm glad we we advanced and we have stuff now like Redline, which is incredible and and really like defeats cell animation in certain
2: ways. I won't say defeats, but I will say equals and is different as opposed to before, where I would just say like no, cell animation was better. Now it's equals and is different.
1: Yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair uh, set, statement.
2: I mean, I guess like. Hannah, do you have any, like, quick thoughts on this? Because, like, you actually have some relatable experience?
0: Um, yeah. So, I guess, um, it could be just mainly budget when it switches from cell animation to something worse. Yeah, um, a lot of it's just, like, trial and error. You gotta think about labor, so... Mm. With cell animation and like the original style, it was basically clear sheets that they would paint on, and so and you equate it's like that's like thousands upon hundreds of thousands to like of sh- clear sheets that they compot that they layer on top together to make one single like frame, and so it's not like. Cause that's the process they often did it versus like, let's say you do the line work and then you fill in in with color. That's another method that some studios did that just takes as much time. And then you have to think like um, to animate, to animate like one movement, like an arm moving, it takes about 12 frames roughly for a rough animation. If you want something smooth, takes even longer even more frames like 30 that's why like in video there's like a frame rate of 30 usually so Mm -hmm. animation is often based off of that
2: so and before anyone in the audience gets confused uh, when she says video she means video as opposed to film because film has a 24 rate
0: yeah so in um i think with back then in the early 90s especially it's just like um most studios just didn't have the budget they didn't have the animators to be doing or i think they're called like colorists or something like that they didn't have as many people to do that so that's why there's a lot of budget cuts that's why even now like it's so prevalent in anime to have a like close-up of the mouth or close-up of the eyes there's a reason why they do that cuz it mm. takes less time to anim it takes less labor and time to animate that or not not even animate it's it could be a still shot that they just pan <laughs> so
1: yeah no and and yeah. I, it's definitely funny that you bring that up cuz now I'm thinking about like all the anime I watched where it's like <laughs> it's just a head or it's literally just a pan shot of the cell yeah. or a pan <laughs> shot of the digital thing but it's it's still good though
0: yeah it's uh, what they work to um kind of is what they work with and it wasn't until like the early 2000s that they really started incorporating like programs like photoshop equivalent to like studio boom or i don't know i don't animate that much anymore like similar stuff like that that really Mm -hmm. helped shift how they colored everything so um yeah so quality would always vary (laughs)
2: yeah i think i think it's really interesting to view this from like a sort of materialist standpoint regarding labor and tools Mm -hmm. um as you mentioned like the programs as tools and the technologies as tools etc because i think that's Mm -hmm. something that's often forgot about in these types of discussions so like while i love cell animation and the way things looked back then Mm -hmm. i understand from like a labor and business perspective why that's like absurdly hard and like kind of an, an anachronistic belief to think you could like bring that back for a lot of reasons it's yeah. kind of like looking at like ancient rome as opposed to like the early middle ages where you're like why didn't people continue these institutions in the middle ages and a lot of it had to do with just like rome having large-scale slavery being able to produce like advanced tech for mm-hmm. like what they had And it's just like, I'm not saying that being an animator is the same as being a slave, far from it. But the idea of like labor practices and the technologies involved changing over time, limiting like even things that we consider good just for the sake of the cost and like labor saving practices, things had to change.
0: Exactly. And it's like um, and if I know some people compare it to like studios like Studio Ghibli or something like that, budgets are different for mm-hmm. a movie versus a OVA or a TV show. Cause very much the latter, um definitely has higher demand and much shorter deadline versus a movie, which can be pushed many times. You can't do that with animes like TV shows and stuff as mm-hmm. much. So yeah. And I, yeah. I could go into like, Oh, like who they outsource to and like, South Korea or India, because those are usually where anime outsources for animation stuff. But that's like another, like, that could be a research topic within itself. So, no, that'd
2: be a cool one in the future for sure. Yeah. But yeah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. um So, I was going to say, like, yeah, like, what did you guys think of this set of episodes? I think it produced some very interesting themes, whether or not, like, that's like the intention. But, like, I guess for me personally, I noticed the idea of the difference between belief and reality because. So, for instance, um, I guess Melody takes Crollo's belief as truth as opposed to his true beliefs. Like, the idea of, like, when he says, like, they're not going to come for me. Like, you're fucked, man. You're fucked because, like, I know my guys. And, like, she's like, he's telling the truth. It's like, no, he's telling the truth about what he thinks is the truth, not about, like, what is actually the truth. Because he thinks that everyone is with him for his ideals rather than loving him as a person. And so, like, I I don't know, like, what did you guys think about sort of, like, that distinction between belief and, like, the sincerity of said belief versus, like, what the actual on-the-ground truth was? What do you mean? Oh, I mean, just, like, what do you think of the dynamic? Like, the idea that Crolo had, like, a certain faith in his, you know, found family, but, like, really, they care about him in a different way than he would have imagined?
1: It's kind of a... I guess it's kind of a... I, I guess... I guess a, a loneliness and company, if that makes any sense. So like, so basically I think, I think Crollo like I this is just like fan theory stuff, but I think maybe he founded it just because of a want or a need to have some sort of family. And maybe the, fa- the fa- he became more than, you know, he wanted to have in a family and he became sort of the head of that family and sort of having that dynamic as well. And having them, him lay to this, the whole holier this holier than, I guess holy position when maybe he didn't expect it. Where he's like, "Oh, hey, just kill me. It's not a big deal." And he realizes, "Oh, wait, no, I'm I'm like a messiah position for them." Like I guess he be, I guess the way he views himself and how they view him is two different things. If that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, I guess like yeah, he sees himself as first among equals while they see him as like above them.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny and it I definitely makes me look at that G, that that whole Jesus analogy as well. Where he feels like he's no better than everyone else, but everyone feels that that he's the greatest,
2: you know. Well, in both how it's similar and different, because I think there's definitely aspects of both for sure.
1: Yeah, I just meant in that that aspect. Sorry. Oh
2: yeah, for sure.
1: But like, yeah, I no, guess it's... like what
2: else did you guys kind of pull from this episode? Because I think this is like very thematically and tactically rich as a as an episode, set of episodes.
0: Um, I really liked like kind of what we were talking about earlier. So almost like the parallels of dedication with Pakunoda and Kurapika, because both were not only dedicated to a cause, aka Kurapika's of revenge and Pakunoda's cause with the spiders, but also dedication to people with Koro and Pakunoda and. On Kiloa with Kurapika. And I found that really interesting because it's like, because in it was seeing, we knew Pakunoda was technically quote unquote the bad guy. She was, at least that's how she's introduced. But near the end of her journey, I felt for her so much because like she was like MVP, like kind of in many ways, because she worked so hard and did sacrifice so much in order to save um, Crollo's life and even she had to think on her feet constantly in order to not only appease what Kurapika wanted from her but be able to navigate and like appease her fellow spiders in a way so that way Mm -hmm. they could let her do what she needed to do so yeah
2: yeah, the first time I went through this series reading it, I liked Pakunoda, but I didn't, like, love her. But, like, after listening to, you know, fellow um, Hunter Hunter podcast, Say the X, like, uh, Raimi elaborated, uh, like, loving Pakunoda as a character. And, like, so I-, I tuned into her more as we watched through this. And I've kind of come around to that where I think she's, like, one of the best characters in the entire show, even though her, like, time in the sun is fleetingly short.
0: Yeah, she's definitely one of the most memorable characters by far, and I think as I get older, I kind—I actually really love female characters like hers, where you—they're not necessarily on the good side, and they often show traits that are quote unquote bitchy, are quote unquote cold and manipulative, but at the same time. When they reveal their underlying motivations, which often tie into dedication to a cause or to a person, you really can relate to them. And it's like, it's just fascinating. You don't see that much depth with a lot of female characters, especially in anime, in my opinion. Mm. That it's cool to see that all in a side character. So...
2: Yeah, and I, I definitely love that. Like, though she's shown to love Krollo, it's not a romantic love. Like, it's clearly like this love she feels for the entire group and what he means to her and to the rest. Mm-hmm. And like, I just think it's this beautiful statement about like the group's bond. I mean, I think they're monsters out from out, the outside perspective for sure. And like, I don't, I'm not trying to romanticize killers, but I do think that within their own group, I it kind of just feels like this really interesting very grounded discussion about the compassion people can have even amongst monsters.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what I really appreciate about this arc. I felt like I was in a roller coaster of emotion most of the time. Especially in these last two episodes. Because I think Hannah talked about it kind of like the perspective that was shown. Uh Between the different characters, like, obviously, it starts out like you're 100% on Karapaka's side and it's because you see the phantom troop through his own perspective his own experiences but now we've been given more insight about how pakunoda thinks and uh nobunaga and a lot of the characters who i was like i hate these guys i hate their guts i hope they all die Krafika get his revenge and now i'm like well Dan Karafika, like you just tore up this family and it is i really love how I do have all these thoughts and I've been able to see all these different uh, points of views and Hunter Hunter has definitely been keeping me on my toes, not just in terms of like what's going to happen in the story, but also how I see all the different characters that we are being introduced to. Hmm.
2: So in terms of like, I guess like transforming views on like, what did you guys think about Gon's I think correct diagnosis that Kurapika does want revenge, but not the way Kilua would assume of wanting to kill the Phantom Troop so much as punish them and like what that punishment might mean. Cause I, I think, think that's a very fascinating distinction.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting and it makes me wonder, do you, is it worse? Is it worse to kill them or is it worse to torture them in this, in this aspect? And if, and it really goes to differentiate Kilua from Kurapika, it makes you wonder which one is the, is the most dangerous out of like, both Which is of actually them. more cruel. Mm-hmm. Exactly, which one is more cruel or dangerous and is willing to do more crazy things.
0: Yeah, I agree. It is really interesting. Especially with the spiders themselves and Krollo. maybe with Cropocene, knowing that Krollo in himself will embrace any fate, including death, so maybe he had to change the tactic in terms of what would actually affect him more and that being like the his quote unquote family falling apart but i it's great that also Karapika also has his own character development in seeing like i had to prioritize people who are alive or that are in my life than just solely focusing on those who have died
2: I agree. I think it's interesting how, I won't say it stands in contrast to the rest of the series after this, but it is, there are aspects of it that contrast greatly, because the joke after this point is that Kurapika doesn't answer his fucking phone, and that's all I'm gonna say.
1: <laughs> Jeez, yeah, he should, he should really, like, do, do something about that. Does, does he not know phone etiquette?
2: Hey man, he's from a tiny village and was basically raised Amish until he got older, so, like, maybe he doesn't.
1: This is uh, it's kind of kind of funny, but I guess I guess kind of spoilers. It kind of reminds me of Cobra Kai in some ways.
2: I haven't seen Cobra Kai.
1: Oh, but there, I, I, guess, I guess the joke is that there's this other this older character, and he doesn't really know like the technological technological cues, and he's just so dumbfounded by everything. Uh, it's kind okay. of funny.
2: I was gonna say, it clearly can't be Cobra Kai because when he when Kurapika killed Uvo, he didn't put him in a body bag. It's rip that actually that's kind of sad there there actually is a reference to that in the in
1: the show no spoiler oh shit but yeah yeah, I, i won't spoil for anybody watching but there actually is a reference to that in some way in the show that's all i'm gonna say
2: interesting but yeah i guess um we already talked about like a bunch of jesus parallels i would say go back and listen to our episode about that if any of them stick out to you guys right now um feel free to mention them But um, otherwise, it would just be us kind of rehashing that. I think there I'll go back to my statement that I said at that time that I don't think the Phantom Troop and the Apostles are one to one. I think they're more one to I, the imaginary number, the square root of negative one. So they're like there are comparisons, but they're like weirdly they're weirdly changed or weirdly transformed, you know. And um, do you guys have anything more to say about the Jesus connection or do you guys want to just kind of close it out?
1: That sounds like a cool movie title, The Jesus Connection.
2: I bet that's already a movie. I'm like 99.99% sure that's a movie. <laughs> I'm good. Okay, then uh, Sarah, could you take us out, please?
0: All right. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to The Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat with us at our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Also. We started a Patreon. Please check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. Throw us some cash for hosting fees, equipment, and to join our patron-only Discord, where we'll be discussing uh, the shit out of Hunter, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, and more. And speaking of Discord, if you do want to join in but don't have the funds, you can help us out in other ways, like giving us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Just send us a link, your Discord name, and enough evidence to connect the two, and we'll have you join. Um, Each review gets us service to tens or hundreds more people. And also... Uh, the intro for today's episode was done by Studio Mega Ane. Check them out on YouTube, Twitter, and most importantly, iTunes. And see you on the other side. Thanks, guys. Later. Bye.
2: P.S. Listen in two weeks from now for an episode. That will be very crowded with different Hunter Hunter podcasts is all I'm going to say. See ya.
1: Also, shouts out to uh, Full Metal Analyst for reasons.
2: Oh, yeah. We also recently appeared on an episode of Full Metal Analyst. Animalist. God damn it. I did it. Uh, Full Metal Analyst, which is a Full Metal Alchemist podcast, y'all should check out. Um, I don't know if the episode is out by the time we're releasing this, but um, check them out regardless. It's a fun time, and Patrick and I really enjoyed going there. We have never more vehemently disagreed about anything. Yeah, I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is sorry, guys. Bye.
3: 走っ